today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We uh, obviously need to talk about COVID-19 and, uh, of course, uh, uh, vaccination, where we are, uh, the fact that we are reopening today, which is great news. And obviously now comes the chatter of hesitancy and passports and what do we do uh, in order to uh, to make us safe moving forward. Uh, many people waiting to get back into the gym and uh, pump a little iron. Good Life patrons across Ontario are suddenly canceling their memberships in droves after the gym chain's revelation that it will not be requiring proof of vaccination in order to use the facilities, which inadvertently caused a social media and PR fiasco. To talk more about all of this, uh, Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture expert, Alyssa PR, and she is with us now. Alyssa, thanks for the time. I hope you're well. I am. Thank you, Scott. Always good to talk with you. Well, you know, we've talked about this a bazillion times, whether this is about politics or uh, or society itself. Who is going to decide what the uh, parameters are, the guidelines are? Is it government or society itself or business? Here we have one business that has said, um, no, you don't have to have proof of vaccine to get in. I'm sure trying to appease everybody. And instead, they're getting a backlash. Are you surprised? I know I'm not surprised, but, you know, I think that businesses are so worried about offending people that you have to sort of, you know, you have to look at, you know, how you're going to protect people. And it's interesting because I just got another email from another fitness uh, center here in Toronto, not as big as Good Life, but more boutique And again, they're talking about cleanliness and high-touch surfaces and distancing and then you know, a plexi at the front desk. But you know what? Read the science. It's airborne, people. Not that I'm not, I'm not discounting the whole surface stuff, but I'm thinking that all this is more airborne, especially the Delta variant. So you can uh, Windex and pledge and do anything you want to the surfaces, but, be the, but the fact of the matter is, is that if you haven't been vaccinated, you are most likely to carry the disease. And we know that vaccinations you know, help us in one of two ways. They can keep us out of the hospital and they can hopefully keep us from dying from COVID. So knowing that, what are you really going to do? And I think that Good Life misread the market here. I think that they were going by how people felt at the beginning and not how people felt now. Not only that, but all you have to do is look at the vaccination rates in Ontario alone. And they're high. They're high. So... There are, you know, a large percentage of people are already doubly vaccinated and even more people already have their one shot looking for their second. So if you look at that, there is a minority of people who are either vaccine hesitant, can't take it because of some medical condition, or they're more than hesitant. They just don't plan on taking it. So if you don't have a vaccine, it's likely not because of access, right? Not at this point. It's because of choice. And people who don't have the vaccine are saying, well, my body, my choice. Well, guess what? It works the other way around, too. Uh, are you doomed either way here if you're a business? If you go on one side of this debate, you're uh, you're going to offend somebody. If you go on the other side, you're going to offend somebody. Or, as you mentioned, is the fa- do, do our vaccination rates speak for themselves? In other words, it's only the minority that is, is really in this segment of the population. Uh, over 75% with the first dose, 60% fully vaccinated now. So, I mean, obviously those that are choosing not to are in the minority. Well, read the room, I guess, is one of the things that we say in public relations. And if you read the room and you read those statistics that you just said, 
then obviously it is a minority of people who um, are screaming the loudest. And in, in many, you know, gyms, it's, you know, there's, I guess there are certain uh, teachers in, in certain disciplines that just don't want to take a vaccine. Well, if you don't want to take the vaccine, maybe you need to work at a non-vaccinated gym uh, and don't worry, and then just go from there. So if you look at another example, there was a physiotherapy clinic that stayed open during the pandemic and saw people with a medical note. Well, guess what? Somebody came in with the variant, spread like wildfire through the clinic, and the clinic is now shut down when they actually could have been open. So in some of these cases, there's a lot of bandwagon jumpers when it comes to issues like this, and they tend to be in the minority, okay? And they're not the type of people who are actually going to do anything about it, but they're just going to scream and say, you know, this is, you know, my body, my rights. And that's absolutely fine, but you don't get to dictate for the rest of us. It's going to be the same thing, Scott, when you go back to work. And people yeah. will go back to work. I feel that as soon as the New York banks start asking people to get back to work, so if you are going to a restaurant, you're going to a club, and you feel like you can be in a crowded place, you could probably go back to work. So then it's going to be, well, you know, if you're not vaccinated, I don't even know how you work on the, how you deal with, do you divulge whether you are or you're not. But if you're not vaccinated, you know, people in HR have told me, that's no problem, but we're going to sit you here. In a corner, yeah. alone. In the and you know, Alyssa, corner. that is going to be a problem come this fall in many, many workplaces. And it won't because uh, it won't be because of what the employer has decided to do. It's because the employees will be divided on this. And you know what? You know, I don't want to work with Jim because I. I don't want to work with Jim because I don't. I know Jim's not been vaccinated. I don't want to work with uh, you know Maria. I know she hasn't been vaccinated. Same sort of thing. Listen, I was supposed to go camping with a few other couples this weekend. And then I was told by my husband that two of the couples have not been vaccinated. We're all in the same age range. So like I said before, it's not a question of access. And I'm pretty sure it's not because of a medical condition. It's a question of whether they want to do it or not. And I just said, that's a non-starter for me, and we're not going. On the other hand, somebody else called me up and said, hey, you guys doubly vaccinated? Yes, why don't you come up to the cottage? No problem. And that's how people, people are going to pick and choose. They are going to pick and choose. And people can scream and and shout all about their rights and how they're not going to be vaccinated. But the bottom line is this. Vaccines are miracles. They work. You're not walking around with uh, deadly diseases. You don't have polio. Well, in some cases, apparently, it's cropping up again because of anti-vaxxers. But you're not walking around with debilitated diseases. You are not having not a good quality of life because you all had vaccines when you were kids. And vaccines do work. And I understand that there's more platforms where people who are hesitant are absolutely against these things. And they start putting things out into the ether that people actually start to believe. So, you know, I was obviously you can tell that I am absolutely pro-vaccine on how they feel about the people who go to the gym. Maybe it's some of their instructors that are saying, I'm not going to get vaccinated. But the people who go to the gym are the people who pay. And these people have also kept their memberships alive throughout the pandemic. Maybe they've been on hold. Maybe they've been paying a minimum amount to do online classes. I don't know. But they've been sort of betrayed by a company where they thought who they thought had their best interests at heart. Is there a market for the unvaccinated? 
You know, I mean, yeah, 25, 20%, that's still a good uh, portion of the market if, if you are, you know, I mean, what, what if Good Life becomes the gym for the unvaccinated? Uh, and obviously, if they're not, uh, if there's gyms that are making you prove that you have uh, been vaccinated and gyms that aren't, obviously the gyms that you don't have to prove are going to have more people who are unvaccinated. Is there a market there? I don't know. I mean, can you survive on having 20%? Um, maybe if you'd have it like consistent and charge really great membership rates, I'm not sure how you would uh, justify a business model based on uh, 20% of the unvaccinated. Um, I don't know. I mean, it seems sort of cultish also. You know, people who don't want to be vaccinated and can't go to a gym will do what they're doing right now and they'll work out at home, I suppose. But do I think that somebody's going to come up with a market for the unvaccinated? It might be some sort of flash in the pan type of thing, but I can't see it having legs. I can't see it having some sense of longevity. Are are passports needed here, especially at the provincial level? I think that they're going to have to be, to be quite honest, and I can't see how we're going to get away around it. Listen, when you want to enroll your kid in school, and believe me, you and I are going to be talking about this come uh, at the end of August, but when you want to enroll your kid in school, you have to show their vaccinations. And even as they go on in school, not just when they start, but when they go through junior high and high school, you need to show that there's updated ones also. I mean, do we need, though, do we need do we need a physical card that says we're vaccinated? Uh, Does what we have from the pharmacy in that code? Is that not enough? Is a card just not a smaller version of that? I think there'll be some sort of card. My, I feel that more than likely there will be some sort of app which will help make it more. Like I could see that. I could see that. Like you know, I mean, you know, where's proof of my vaccination? Well, it's on the form that's sitting in my office, which I have a picture of it on my phone. What do I need a, a passport for? What do I need a card for? I think what you want to do, or what whatever they're going to do, has to be done in a way that. It can't be replicated or duplicated by people who yeah. don't have, have vaccines. And I don't even know how you do that. I know that they, you know, there will be a small percentage of the population that might try and, you know, get out from uh, underneath that. But at the end of the day, if you, if you know what this variant can do, and we're already starting to see it in the U.S., they're starting to see hospital rates go up again. And who's coming in? People who aren't vaccinated. In in Britain, we're going to have what they call, is it today, is it Freedom Day, where it's no more masks, no more anything? I mean, you know, what what does that actually mean? I mean, right now, this is all one big experiment. But here's the one thing that we know for sure. And we see the numbers day in and day out. The numbers are dropping of incidents of COVID. The deaths are certainly dropping in, in large, in large numbers. So we have the proof of the pudding, and the main reason that is, the main reason is that people are getting vaccinated. And I think for the most part, people see those. People see those numbers, and they see their downward trajectory. So people who refuse to look at that and just think that it's, okay, well, I don't need to be vaccinated, and I'll just take advantage of some sort of herd immunity. Again, it doesn't work like that. But Scott, you know, you talk to people all the time, all day, every day. People want to believe what suits them. Yeah. All right. I can't let you go without uh, asking you your thoughts on the renaming of Dundas Street. I know I'm blindsiding you here because I didn't tell you we're going to talk about this. But what are your thoughts? Oh, my goodness. My husband was on a rant because of this. Hmm. A rant. He cannot believe the city of Toronto. We don't live in Toronto. We live in Vaughan. But the city of Toronto and those councillors who voted to rename Dundas 
to the tune of $6 million. Now, I understand that there are some people who are very upset, again, a vocal minority, who are very upset of Dundas. And apparently, I don't even know if Dundas was even ever in Canada. I'm I'm not even sure of the history of that. But you're looking at small businesses, many of whom have the name Dundas in their name, on all their registration, on all their stationery, on on all everything. So, I, I, you know, I don't know. I've heard talk of some sort of fund to help people access in order to, to change all of that. I think this is one of those things where John Tory just felt, well, this is the sign of the times, and I'm going to draw a line in the sand, and I'm going to tell them to change Dundas Street. Well, I hate to tell you, but, you know, you can go through every street in this city and probably find something bad about the person that is named after that you don't like. So that's obviously started. That's a massive concern. That's a massive concern, Alyssa. Like how many people knew the history of Dundas? Uh, So how many other streets or or whatever are we going to go through? And and again, you know, I know that sounds like a cop out, but where does it end? Do we just name everything Pleasantville? And, and, And not only that, but I mean, where's the money coming from all of this? This is taxpayer dollars. Okay, so does every taxpayer agree that Dundas should be renamed? I don't know. I don't know. But there's certainly a vocal minority who is coming out and saying that these things need to be changed, and they don't like walking along Dundas Street knowing for what this person stood for. So where does it start? Where does it stop? I think that, you know, John Tory is, and I'm sure that this is his advisors have told him this, that, you know, they said, listen, you're opening up a Pandora's box here, and when are you going to stop? What is the criteria? And this is something that I've said all along, Scott. If you're going to start renaming things, you know, where, you know, consider the source. What's the historical context? What do people think about these things? You know, somebody just unilaterally decided we're naming the rename. Have we lost Alyssa? I can't hear her. Now we have... It may, you know, it takes that click to make it official that you have been officially disconnected. Bye, Alyssa. Uh, uh, exactly. Uh, that sort of sums up the day. Uh, that was Alyssa Freeman, PR and pop culture expert, uh, talking about uh, Good Life memberships and uh, the changing of the name of uh, Dundas Street. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.